0: Welcome to Bloody Mary's, a queer horror movie podcast.
1: This episode, we're looking at Creepshow.
0: I'm the severed head you find in a bush when you're walking your dog, Sean.
1: <laughs> and I'm a walking study in demonology, Alex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, we are two queer horror nerds uh, coming in your ears from our <laughs> flat in Hackney. Oh, wow. uh, our pronouns are they, them. Uh, some content notes for this episode. Uh, as always, there will be lots of spoilers uh, We will be swearing uh, There's also a brief mention of suicide uh, And lots of violence And gore oh, Discretion oh, aware. aware Discretion oh. aware? i Advise. oh, d- Advised Beware
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Creepshow was released um, to the general public on November the tenth, nineteen eighty-two. It was written by Stephen King and directed by George A. Romero, uh, second in the Romero (laughs) (laughs) twosome. It's also it had a budget of eight million and and, uh, made twenty-one million at the box office. Um, it's also... It's Eight million? Yeah.
0: That's wild when you think about that we've just watched Dawn of the Dead, which was like less than a million. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you think about what, what happens in the film and how many, like, stuff, how many stuffs...
0: Oh, yeah. In. I guess also the cast was probably quite expensive for this. Yeah.
1: Um, it was the only George A. Romero film to open up at number one at the box office uh, on the opening weekend. Oh. Um, Stephen and George, uh, were good friends and always wanted to work. i you're good yeah. I know, <laughs> just Stephen my pals, Stephen and George. <laughs> uh, were very good pals and always wanted to work together on a film. Uh, originally they wanted to do a version of The Stand, or Stephen King's The Stand, but they were worried about the funding based on the fact they hadn't worked together. Um, so they came up, uh, with the concept of this, uh, which is the well, horror. they they
0: worried that they wouldn't get much funding
1: Based on the fact that they hadn't done like a film together before, but
0: they both have such big names, you'd think that would.
1: Yeah, I think I haven't seen the stand or read it, so I don't know how ambitious it is. But um, but yeah, it was made into a mini series eventually. But yeah, um, anyway, it might be something to do with the book. I'm not sure. Um, but um, so they thought it'd be easier to do this first, and because they were both uh, big uh, horror fans, oh uh, horror, um comic fans, specifically the EC comics, they decided they'd work on this film together. Um, and it, from concept to delivery, it took uh, Stephen King 60 days exactly to write the draft of the the the, the, the film. Um, so EC comics uh, were from the early 1950s and included uh, things like Tales from the Crypt. Um, and they were so gruesome and horrifying that it actually created the comics code authority to basically censor how disgusting they were <laughs> which basically shut down all the horror comics um so uh usually the sort of the format of them was always that they were kind of moral tales with uh sort of quite gruesome ridiculous awfulness in them but was with like a sense of humor or, like a sort of tongue-in-cheek take on them um so, uh and obviously with all of it, it was all very colourful and very kind of like splashy um, because there were comics. So they went for quite a kind of like, uh, sort of, yeah, cartoony feel for the lighting and amped up quite a lot of the colour lighting. And like, yeah, even those kind of backdrops that people are screaming are actually just like projections, which I thought was quite interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um and they use, like uh horror comic panels and comic bubbles and stuff to make sure that it kept the comic book feel.
0: I feel like that was most apparent when on the ape episode episode Ep- uh, Yeah. story, story. whenever someone was being killed, it kinda of went red and like flashed bluey e- e- ready.
1: Yeah. Um so um, yeah, a lot of the film was filmed in a uh, film was filmed um, in an abandoned high school in Pittsburgh that they used to create a lot of the sets, um, but uh, some of it was filmed outside. Uh, so I thought we'd go through one by one and talk a little bit about each of the kind of backstories. So um, uh, as a summary, it's basically that it's a comic book and you're flicking through it, and it starts uh, with uh, Stephen King's real life son, Joe Hill. Um, He was playing a little boy reading a comic book that his dad then confiscates. Um and uh, yeah, it throws out um, the skeleton. Which character, which is by the window, is actually called the creep. Um, and is that a
0: kind of take on the crypt master or
1: crypt keeper? Yeah, it must be. Um, and apparently, as apparently, was normal then they used a real skeleton uh, to build around it um, and put a rod through its spine um, to make it move its head and some anim- animatronics around its like arms to do the beckoning bit. Um, and apparently it took eight people just to work the, the creep. What's
0: the film we watched recently where there's loads of real skeletons. It's
1: Poltergeist. Poltergeist, yeah. Because um, that was during that Cursed Films program. We found that oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy like on that obviously said as well that it's quite commonplace then to use real skeletons. Yeah. I don't imagine that it would be allowed now. <laughs> nah. um,
0: but also they can probably make... Because I think part of it was to do with cost, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. And it was more expensive to get to a, create a like, plastic one, looking yeah, then,
1: one. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine they just use CGI now, or it'd be just yeah. I just don't imagine they'd use a the real skeleton; it'd be weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I recognise her, on. <laughs> that was thinking, though. It'd be quite cool to have your skeleton like in the horror film. Oh, I would love it. I would allow that. <laughs> yes, <same. laughs> um, so the first story in the sequence is Father's Day. Um, apparently it was originally going to be Mother's Day, um, which I think would have made for an even campier story. Um, but apparently there was a horror film released a few years before that was called that, and so he changed it to Father's Day. Um, the, one of the critics has noted that, um, given the weird relationship with the, <laughs> with the father and, um, the daughter, uh, asking for the cake, it seems a bit, <laughs> seems a bit wrong but I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that and I think that's a bit of a weird stretch what like sexy <laughs> yeah well because he like you know as we'll get into he like kills the lover and has like a bit of a weird relationship with them, and so like asking for her cake seems a bit <laughs> sassy um does he? well apparently so <laughs> um uh some other this is obviously skimming the facts and we'll go into the story in a bit but um so apparently the the hole that they dug uh, for the corpse that it comes out of yeah like um the 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 guy wearing the costume was fine coming out of the hole but then the, the scenes when and um, they had the mealworms, which are meant to be maggots on the face, he refused and so one of the girls on set had to get into the costume and dress up. Oh, that's <laughs> Um, and apparently the owner of the mansion, the real life owner, after the, apparently sadly his German shepherd died during the filming unreleasedly. And he actually used the hole that they used to bury his dog in afterwards. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for digging that hole. Um, to the next one, which is the lonesome death of Geordie Beryl. Um so uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not not Geordie Pebble or Ge- whatever you to say. <laughs> <laughs> um apparently critics thought King was way oh Stephen King plays the main character in this one and apparently critics thought he was way too over the top in his acting. Um and apparently that's because George told him to play it like he was uh wily e. Coyote um, <laughs> And really like made him ham up and including all the things where he's putting his hands to his face and reacting all that like, ridiculously over the top.
0: But also like that it it's that criticism I reject yes. because it's like it's supposed to be a comic book it's all in that style and yeah. it's not like the rest of the performance is really understated <laughs> yeah, well, yeah that's right
1: um, and that's what Romero said it was like a ridiculous thing because it was meant to be but apparently um, at the time Stephen King was quite embarrassed about the, the way that people were talking oh, about it poor oh, Kingy <laughs> Uh, apparently the the entire farm um was built onto a hill um just for the filming and then knocked down after they finished oh, wow. <laughs> yeah um moving on to something to tide you over um because it was meant to be on an abandoned beach apparently all the crew had to walk single file along the same tracks so that they wouldn't leave footprints all over the beach and they had to like rake after themselves <laughs> wherever they oh, went nice. <laughs> yeah, <know>. <laughs> <strategic. laughs> um apparently also the, the the faces were made entirely of toilet paper and latex whose faces you know all the the zombies oh, um the, the like sea monsters yeah 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 <laughs> Um, and apparently they're just like, quite right simple yeah I know <laughs> well toilet paper is also used in one of the that we talk about in the, the last one um, but yeah um, and it just had little bladders full of the black blood for when they like shot them so it just like imagine having
0: an 8 million million dollar. <laughs> And just being like, I'm just going to use some roll, just a bit of Andrex. Well,
1: it's funny actually because they talk about it like it was quite a tight budget <laughs> um, when the, in the documentary about the filming of it. It's like... And I guess the
0: logistics of it, it is filming five mini films, yeah. Um, so I, I guess I understand, but I mean, come on, toilet
1: yeah they um leslie nielsen um was apparently quite the joker on set oh. um in a way that like the cast and crew talk about fondly but i think it sounds really stupid and annoying apparently had like a little fart machine that you just kept like playing and they'd like to make everyone <laughs> laugh it's like oh, um stupid men <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I am sorry but i'd probably be-
1: apparently they went to like a restaurant in one of the breaks and like he was using the fart machine and like some woman came up and told him he was the most disgusting man and he just carried on laughing Um, I think it
0: seems like he's hiding a
1: lot of sadness tears of a clown clown. Um, oh no my bottom's crying Um, next up the crate um so, apparently, the cast and crew all referred to the monster as Fluffy, um, and that was just its name for everyone on the set. They just called him Fluffy, and it's actually always yeah, credited in the film. Um, and um, Tom Zavini, who um, worked on Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th um, to do all the special effects... Um, although he had lots of experience doing that, he'd never actually created a monster from scratch. Um, so he had to speak to, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a guy who'd worked on The Howling and other like, animatronic films, and apparently he talked him through how to make the monster. It's not
0: animatronic, though,
1: is it? No, um, I think it was more just like the logistics of making something that someone could fit into. I don't know why that would be so different from Special... Well, I mean,
0: I mean, I guess if you're in a costume and you have to control
1: its jaws and stuff, yeah. Yeah, there was a few different people controlling it maybe that's where the difficulty comes in. Um Jordan Harrison who was the assistant director said uh Fritz who played Dexter had a wonderful working relationship with Romero, lots of creative ideas about his relationship with Hal. Um, And he said there was this kind of wonderfully homoerotic undertone that they kept playing very subtly in the relationship, which I never saw. (laughs) They just seemed like pals, and also given the circumstances, I don't really know how they had time (laughs) to be homoerotic. I'm not not sure any
0: of these were kind of, uh, I don't know, like... Deep enough to have any undertone. No, exactly, yeah.
1: Um, Adrienne, uh, the actress who played, uh, Wilma, um, was married to John Carpenter at the time of filming. And, um, when she got the script, she was worried that it would be too gruesome and she was a bit, uh, scared of it. And she actually had, hadn't heard of Romero. Um, but John Carpenter said that she definitely has to take it because he was a master of horror. Um, also, she'd never had a drink in her life and she just, thought like, she found the character quite, like, Awful. <laughs> like and she just seems like a really lovely woman. It's really strange. strange. It is a great character. Yeah. Um and finally, uh well, finally, finally, uh, they're creeping up on you. Um so uh this one nearly got cut during t- due to the budget restrictions. Um, but the set designer managed to pull together the apartment and nearly no money. Um well there's some conflicting information about the cockroaches but apparently they were essentially the most expensive part of the movie um apparently um romero said at some fan expo they were 50 cents a piece um which as many as there are it was like 10 like hundreds of thousands of pounds but a dollars more pounds um <laughs> um but actually, um, he didn't end up buying them individually, like because they were saying they were looking at a catalogue and it would have been too much money. So they actually sent um, a <laughs> well, roach catalogue, um, and um, and so they got oh,
0: cockroaches. Virus. Yeah, so they got
1: roach wranglers um, who were sent to Trinidad specifically to collect the cockroaches from caves, um, and they actually dug big holes in the ground and let them fill up with the cockroaches, put them in a bag, and then did it again. Uh, Apparently there was photos of them like waist deep in cockroaches. (laughs) It's just like so revolting. Um, So essentially,
0: is is like a roach wrangler like a job? I guess
1: so. Well, they had them on set as well, looking after the cockroaches. (laughs) Um, So they got them back, and they had eighteen thousand, and they um, had to have their own trailer, which they called the Roach Motel. Yeah, (laughs) each. Tiny box, which is their trailer. Um, no, they were all in one big box called Roach Motel and they had to feed them dog food apparently. Um and they just stank apparently loads of people who like were on the set just said so they could never forget the smell of the cockroaches. Um and they were saying also that obviously now nowadays they wouldn't this would never be a problem because CGI, they just wouldn't have to deal with as many cockroaches. Also,
0: were there do you know if there were any like laws around? treatment
1: of well yes um, so uh, so I'll get to that yes um, so they ended up like having them in the trailer and breeding them so they had more and more and more um, and um, and so then they, they tried to find way because they didn't build a completely like sealed set um, so they were trying to think of ways to stop the cockroaches kind of escaping out of the set and the roach handlers suggested putting Vaseline around the tops of the walls so that they would slip off Um, But apparently they just ran straight over the top into the set. Um, And so there was just the whole set was covered in cockroaches for, like, the end of the filming. Um, And um, they said that, like, um, and the the costume designer woman who was working on it said that she might not be able to handle it and that she might have to quit the film and, like, leave the set. But essentially she ended up covering cockroaches and fine with it, apparently, as did most of them. (laughs) Uh, Well, she
0: she had to make costumes for
1: cockroaches. (laughs) No, she was the costume designer for the whole film. But she said about this segment that she might have to like quit because oh, she yes. couldn't she couldn't be around them um uh yeah, Romero said they were like incredibly difficult to film because you dump dumped them out, and then twenty seconds they'd all just disappear um and uh, the cast and crew were all terrified of them, um and apparently just like all scurried away the moment they were released on set, yes. like the cockroaches themselves oh. uh apparently some of them was like uh, as big as your hand because they were just like giant oh. ones um. And um and so yeah, they were they were all meant to be gassed at the end of the filming because of the the indigenous species um and invading Trinidadian cockroaches. Um and so at the time they did just sort of pretend that they'd done it, but they knew that millions of them had escaped, and so they just pretended they'd killed them, but they actually there might be millions living around all over the place, really. I guess there will be. Yeah. Um so, so some other minor facts. Um, the crew apparently for this was the same one that was used on Superway Camp, um, according to the guy who played Ricky, who's Angel's uh, brother or cousin or whatever in the filming. Well, well done for
0: resisting transphobia this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, the marble ashtray, um, as I pointed out to you, I, I, although I didn't see it uh, featured in all of the different uh, sections of the film, I actually only spotted it in three of them, so not all of it. Um and let me see oh something interesting that I found actually while I was doing my research is that there's a the largest collection of original creep show memorabilia where, where it belongs to this creep show museum uh located in Louisiana, and they also have a facebook profile but as i reser- as I was researching it, I found out that um uh, Anthony Militello and his mother Marsha renee lolly uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they were both mar- murdered. Oh, um, wow. Uh, so they were murdered brutally in uh, May 2019. These are the museum owners. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very strange. They they died. Um, did they know who did it? Uh, they only discovered it recently, actually, and it was just like a, a burglary gone wrong, essentially. But she was, like, stabbed, like, loads of times. It was very horrible. Yeah. Um Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I think that's enough background. Um, yeah, so let's, let's get into the movie. Mm-hmm. So, the film starts on uh, out, an outside of a house, so they have a pumpkin in the window, um, and a dad shouting at a child, uh, which at that point you don't know but then you go in and you do um, and um and he's shouting at him about a horror comic that he's found and he's like I've never seen such rough um, and crap uh, and like and he's like begging him not to take him to take the book the comic book away and he's like in the little boy who as we said is Joe Hell Stephen King's son it's like it's no worse than your sex books um do <laughs> know about my sex books <laughs> well, So he says like not only are you a creep you're also a snoop um <laughs> And, um, yeah, he throws it away in, in the rubbish and, um, and then pan down to him in the lounge being smug about doing it. And he's like, that's why God made fathers. Um, and then you go back up to the little boy's room and he's got a demonic voice all of a sudden. He says, I hope you rot in hell. Um, and, uh, the creep, the skeleton sort of cadaver-y sort of, how do you describe that? Like, Ooh, scrappy looking piece A uh, ghoul, ghoul. Um, Is hanging out the it's window cool. Yes uh, A lot A washing, uh, a, washing, <laughs> <fish of land. laughs> washing a washing line It's very dirty Um, <laughs> dirty <ghoul. laughs> um Is at the window Kind of laughing um, And So then it pans out It basically then becomes Comic book style And uh, flies down to the Street And the comic book And then we have The opening credits Which are all done In a comic book style And it's quite beautiful Um, and then it flaps through the pages onto uh, Father's Day which is the first piece Um, so it opens in this sort of grand hall with some classical music um, uh, with a sort of very austere looking family sitting around uncomfortably Um, there is uh, Richard who's, uh, I forgot what a fag he was basically Um, (laughs) he's very, very foppish um, and then there's the, um, the, oh God, the, the older woman. I don't know her name much. So, but anyway, um, she's, Take yeah, she's hilarious. She's really like tight lipped and she's like, pass the spoons. <laughs> um, and, um, they talk about why it's a special occasion. And it's because it's Father's Day, and, um, and Aunt Bedelia, um, will be visiting, um, and, um, you can set your clock by her because she arrives at six o'clock, um, every Father's Day to go down to the grave, uh, because she's so riddled with guilt about the fact that she actually killed her father. Um, so, well, that's implied at the time, but you do find out that's actually true. <laughs> Um, so they apparently have a baked ham every every dinner. Uh, she stumbles up from the grave after doing her bit, um, and um, so yeah. So then you cut to Aunt Bedelia uh, going down to the grave, and she's like this iconic kind of like wiry grey hair like black wearing all black with a big whiskey bottle and, and she like a foxy stole oh yes a foxy stole um welcome to the stage <laughs>
0: although is it foxy though because it's like kind of dark brown
1: it's a, a dog. tiny dog and it's brown a tiny dog a tiny brown dog stole <laughs> um and she stumbles down to the grave and sits on the grave just so like you know just like saying things like you called me a bitch so she sort of uh does a yeah, sort of reveal well you see what happens basically on the day the day that he dies, um, which is uh sh- she, he's being a, a horrible old dick. Um <laughs> and he deserved it. Um but yeah, no, he's like banging his cane on his like um on his chair saying like I want my cake. Where's my Father's Day cake? Bedelia, you bitch.
0: Do, do they do Father's Day cakes no, in the US?
1: I don't think it's just him being a cunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah. If I can um, be asked on um, a Father's Day cake. Especially making one. Just buy one. Oh, um <sighs> <with> you, <laughs> um, You also find out, actually, there's something I skipped over. The dad was very jealous of her lover and actually had him killed and because he was senile she had to look after him um anyway so while he's screaming about getting the cake she gets she's icing the cake quite hysterically and then just leaves it and runs into the the room and uh bashes head in with a marble ashtray uh which is very satisfying yeah. um,
0: Hashtag deserved. Yes.
1: um but anyway flashback to the grave she's like wanging on um about how he deserved it and she spills her whiskey onto the grave um and uh it's uh, theorized that actually the whiskey pouring on the grave is uh, what brings it back to life um because apparently in gaelic uh whiskey means water of life um Anyway Cause yeah, yeah that sort of explains why he hasn't come back before Cause no rhyme or reason because yeah. she's never been
0: quite so clumsy with a whiskey Yes
1: Give him a little sup-sup Um So he comes out of the grave immediately All like gross And And all covered in maggots And like And uh And strangles her Um And he's like Where's my cake Do you <laughs> Uh Which is basically what he says all the way through Just to uh, Cut to the chase Um so this they're still in the house, uh comes back to the house and um Hank and I don't know the girl's name either actually. Well oh, uh, it's constantly dancing. Yes. <laughs> so they're dancing, um to disco music. Um and um and it's quite cheesy and weird and then um the old woman's like, turn that off and um Hank uh is like, Where is Bedelia? Um And decides to go down to the graveyard to try and find her.
0: It's odd that they send the man who's never met her before.
1: Well, yeah, I think he goes out for a cigarette and then he's just nosying down there. And then they kind of imply that they're chatting or something, Um, which must mean that she's quite fun. Mm, She seems fun. She does seem fun. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so he goes down there to try and find her um stumbles and falls backwards into uh the empty grave um bedelia then rolls on top of him because she pulls he pulls her by accident i guess Um not because she's a sassy old corpse <laughs> that, she is. that she also is um and um and then the the gravestone above his head starts shifting uh, it's a big heavy one. And, um, he's like, oh my god! But it doesn't move. Um, and then he sees the dead dad corpse thing at the end of the, uh, the grave, sort of looking like he's using some sort of psychic powers to move the gravestone. And ends up squishing his head. Mm, Ouchie. Uh, cut back to the house. Uh, the woman again is dancing like a pony. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, lonely, um, pony a lonely pony. Um, and, uh, and then the yeah, what happens? Oh yeah. So then the old woman goes into the kitchen to try and find Miss um, Dalloway, which uh, not Dalloway, Danvers. Danvers. Who's Dalloway?
0: Miss Dalloway decided she would glaze the house. From uh, Missus Dalloway by uh, genuine. Oh, that's the, the classical reference I was looking for.
1: Missus Danvers, which is a reference to Rebecca. Um, Why? uh don't know um and um yes so then um she goes into the kitchen uh and sees all the muddy footprints and um and all the lights are off and then she bumps into a corpse dad who swiftly breaks her neck uh,
0: swiftly Swiftly
1: uh, clean off the head (laughs) um and uh dancing (laughs) clean uh, off uh, off the body and head Uh, it's all easy for you to say yes very easy um then dancing pony girls like oh where's my husband uh go and find him Richard and Richard's like he's your husband I don't really like him um they both go into the kitchen um the lights are off and um and then all of a sudden bursts in daddy and he's like i got my cake (laughs) and it's the older woman's head on the plate um covered in icing with some lovely candles (laughs) and they both scream hysterically Uh, and then cut to next panel
0: i just wonder why it wasn't um especially since they had to change it because they were going to do mother's day anyway why they just, didn't just make it a birthday, which is something that more recognizably has ca- candles on a cake. <laughs> like, blow out the Father's Day candles yeah, on your that's Father's true. Day cake. <laughs>
1: that is weird. I guess it doesn't sound as interesting, like, the birthday. <laughs> it could be
0: called Happy Birthday.
1: Mother. <laughs> oh, wow. it's, it's your, your birthday, birthday again. again. <laughs> that would have been a good title. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then we flip back through the comic book um and we end up um at, uh, Joni Pebbles. Joni Pebbles, lovely story. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Geordie Verrill. Oh, God, what's the name of it? Pedal. Pedal. Why, his name's Geordie Bev. Oh, my God, you've got me all messed up <laughs> It is The Lonesome Death of Geordie Verrill.
0: Gorge and Pebbles. No!
1: Um, And it starts off with a big meteor coming and landing in some farmland. Um, And a goofy farmer... Um, called Geordie Pebbles. God, <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> Geordie Varial, oh, thank you. Um, notices it. Um, and he's like a goofy farm hand, uh, sort of guy, like, played by Stephen King. Um, and um, he's like, oh, a uh, uh, meteor. Um, Is this
0: his biggest role? Do you know. Um, I
1: like mean, as an actor, I would imagine so. I think he's had bit parts and things, but yeah.
0: I, well, he was in the New It. The most mm, recent end. Knew it. Knew it. <laughs> I knew, <laughs> knew it. <laughs> it.
1: Um, yeah, it must be. But I'm not sure. Um, so, um, so yeah, so then he's like really excited about the meteor landing and he's like, he goes and sees it It's this big glowing rock and he's like oh my god imagine what I can get from the college um, and he does this whole bit where he goes to the college and there's like a sweaty professor like going like oh for a meteor like this $50. Oh, she's like <laughs> no less than $200 um, and um, and so then he's very excited about that he's
0: planning
1: um, on paying off some debts yes $200, $200 I mean $200 debt <laughs> poor him that's not much is oh, it yeah. um, anyway anyway Anyway, so then he's like, oh, go and cool the VTO down. Oh, no, he touches it first and he's like, ouchie, and sucks on his fingers. Um, But then he decides to cool it down by pouring a bucket of water over it um sadly this then makes the meteor uh open up and he has another little flash to the college and the the press is like this now got wacky sad music and he's like oh for broken meteor nothing (laughs) um and um he it opens up and there's all this goop inside of it and he pulls it out um and puts it in the bucket and, um, and he gets some on it and he goes, Meteor shit! Uh, which is quite funny. Oh,
0: and that, but you see the little, like, uh, the little bumps on the, the blisters. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is gross. And then he says, Maybe I'll glue it together in the morning. Um, so then he's like just indoors watching TV. And he's
0: watching. WWF.
1: Yes, I wondered um, whether you'd know what it was, in yeah, terms it was of you're Bob what Backlund
0: match. uh defending his uh, World Heavyweight Championship against uh I think it was like Samoan number one or something, or it might have been
1: Seeker or Afa. It was yeah. one of the Samoans anyway. So save it for your boring wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Say that yourself. Um, I'm I'm, 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 out, smash. I'm a horror broadcast journalist, and I was just doing my research. Right, and he he, uh, he wins with a pile driver.
1: Great, thank you. Um, So, uh, meanwhile, um, all the green stuff is like all this green stuff growing around outside the farm, Um, and he looks at his fingers, and it's got green stuff on it. Um, and, um, and he's like, Ew. Um, and then he, uh, he goes, rushes the phone because he thinks he needs to, like, call the doctor. Um, he also looks. Oh no, he's also been sucking on them, so he realizes and he looks in his mouth and his tongue's all green. Um, but he also then imagines the the same college for some reason, the same professor, um, and having to call him and um, and he's like, "Those fingers are going to have to come off, Mister <laughs> yeah. Vettel." Yeah, kind of like a meat cleaver. Yeah, he does like a fun bit where he wheels across the screen as all well, yeah. backwards <laughs> on his chair. <laughs> um, so he realizes that he doesn't want that, and so he doesn't bother calling anyone. Which uh, Because he doesn't want the college professor to <laughs> <imagined the> cut <laughs> off his fingers That's very fair, I think <laughs> yeah. um, so, so cut to later And he's all itching himself And he's more covered in the green stuff And the outside is completely wild um, And um, he goes to the mirror and runs a, oh, Well, he goes to the bathroom and runs a bath Because he's all itchy and then weirdly at this point Ghost Dad Oh
0: but <clears throat> He takes off his clothes Oh yeah And then he goes Not down there <laughs> Yeah that's a good bit
1: um, And then yeah And then like he's running the bath And um, weirdly his dead father Appears in the mirror as a ghost And he's like Don't get in that bath It'll be the last thing you do Um, and, um, and he's looking at the bathroom, it looks all, like, magical and, like, sumptuous and wet. Which I guess,
0: so, am I right in thinking that the the purpose of his ghost dad trying to warn him against that is because it was water that kind of activated it earlier?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the ghost dad, like, is just adding a weird spooky element, but I mean, I guess maybe, yeah, that's him thinking, but I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but the water does look magical. I think they do that like sometimes they put even glitter on it or something to make it look even more delicious and watery and sumptuous. Um, uh, so oh, such water. Oh. Um, so he's trying to not go in, but then he just can't stop himself and he gets in. Um, and you hear him going, oh, so much better. Mm. Uh, but then, sadly, cuts next day. Um, he's on the floor and he's basically entirely made of green moss, mm, um, as is his whole house and his whole farm. Um, and, and then he's like, he's basically got a big shotgun that he, he eases up into his mouth and shoots his head off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the weather forecast is saying about something about how there's going to be loads of rain. Um, and you see a sign, uh, pointing to Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So back to the comic book stylings and uh, flipping through pages and over to something to tide you over. Um, this starts on, a young Ted Danson lying on a sofa, um, and, uh, played, uh, playing a guy called Harry. Um, and then in bursts, uh, What's his name? Yes. Richard, oh. who's also Leslie. Um <laughs> <of course> his <laughs> Leslie name? Leslie Nielsen. That's it. Yes. Um, I confused
0: s- us earlier because I said Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so um, and uh, he makes uh, Harry listen to a tape, and it's a woman, uh, Becky, who apparently he's been having an affair with. Who's Harry's girlfriend or wife You're not sure actually Um, And it's her begging for help And for Harry to come and help Um, What?
0: It's not Harry's wife No, no, no It's
1: Richard's Richard's wife Yes did I say Harry's wife? Yes. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um so anyway, so he makes him the drive to the beach house um with him to on the on the premise that he's gonna go and save her. Um and takes him down to this deserted beach. Um and they get to the beach and uh Harry sees a hole in the beach, which he thinks is actually a hole in the beach. A a, A terrible puncture in the beach. (laughs) Um, But he thinks it's actually like a grave, and he runs up to it um, and discovers it's actually a pit. Um, And when he gets there, um, Richard pulls a gun on him and says, You have to get in that hole, Um, you bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have to get in that hole.
1: You have to. (laughs) <laughs> um, and so he makes him kneel down and bury himself uh, up to the neck in the hole. Um, and, um, so yeah, so then he's buried there, and uh, he, and then at this point, uh, Richard points out that, um, he shouldn't be able to move at all, actually the weight of the sand will stop him moving, and uh, which he does try and look like he's trying to move, and then he can't. Um, cut two. Uh, Richard zooming back in his car after, I guess, leaving Harry at the beach for a while where there's a crab now, um, mm. trying to pinch at him. Um, which is the whole film. Scary a crab. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. And he brings back, like, this, like, car, which has got, like, cables coming out the back. Um, and, um, with, like a VCR and a TV and the camera. He has this whole setup of all these, like, wires. Um, And he explains that, actually, what he's done is he's buried Becky further down the beach at a different location and puts the TV on, and it's a video of her slowly drowning as the tide comes in.
0: I mean, I don't want to condone his behaviour.
1: Okay, thank you. That's all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... It's it's very elaborate, uh, the whole having a camera, like two video cameras. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously he has a lot of money, but it's still a lot of effort. Um, why didn't you just bury them next to each other so they could see each other dying?
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Well, I guess it'd be more horrifying to... Because you couldn't comfort each other, I suppose, if you're just watching someone just drowning from a way away and you know that that's what's coming for you in the future. That's the horror, I suppose. Mm. Um, I mean, it is it is very elaborate. That's a given, for sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so then he leaves uh, Harry in his hole um, and um, to watch Becky drown. And the tide comes in, the TV shorts out, um, and then, um, it shows, oh yeah, so then cut back to Richard, who's... Shorts out? Is that the same? Shorts saying? out, yeah. Is it? Yeah, electrical turn. Get your shorts out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <labs. laughs> um, so in the meantime, Richard has driven back to his swanky beachside apartment to watch the peril unfurl unfurl unfold um and unfurling peril um and um and so then he's watching them both drown having a really good laugh about it. um
0: oh and harry looks at the camera and is just like i'm gonna get you
1: yeah i'm gonna get you richard um at this point you also notice this whole house is covered in like surveillance cameras so he's obviously just like obsessed with like filming everything um and, um, and he's got a big collection
0: of VHSs as
1: well. Yeah, and someone actually in there, he said that maybe that suggests he's done this before or that he like, likes doing horrible things and videotaping them, yeah, He also
0: says, um, oh, my maid must have mixed these up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so... Um, so yeah, then he goes back to the beach after they've drowned, I guess, um, to try and find their bodies and the equipment. Um, and the wires are all like torn off and he can't find some of it. And then the bodies are gone and he just like mumbles, there must have been the tide or the tide. Um, but so he goes back to the house. Um, and, um, he hears someone calling Richard, uh, uh, calling him Richard his name his name <laughs> um and um he's like oh I'm being spooked I'm just being silly I'll have a shower <laughs> um so then he has a lovely shower and you to see his tiny nipples um and <laughs> they were obviously so tiny <laughs> <laughs> but can you miss them <laughs> um And at this point, then like fog starts to roll in from uh, the shore, and um, and you see like some sort of the door, the front door, bursts open as some sort of like zombies walking type things with like but seaweed don't yeah you but don't it's... see any details of them at first you just see like their legs and like the seaweed and stuff um see, no. the sea bleep <laughs> um, and, and the fog um, <laughs> <laughs> um so they're like shuffling out um and um and then he's like he's listening at the door and he thinks he hears them and they're actually making like noises that sound a bit like a porpoise or, like, sea animals. Oh, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. No, do it again. Again, again. <laughs> don't be shy.
0: Do some <laughs> more. <laughs> That's not it. That's that? <laughs> like a little mouse. It's, like, clicky.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, how to do it. Um, and um, so then he opens the door, and they're there, and it's like... ah, And they look all, like, gross um, and seaweedy, and Just covered in toilet paper. Uh, toilet paper and latex, <laughs> yeah. Um, As she just pointed out at this point, because they, um, like, they're going, like... You can't kill us, Richard. We're already dead. Um, and he tries to shoot them in the head, and that actually doesn't work against uh, zombie law. Um, and, um, so they're not zombies, they're they're sea monsters or something. Um,
0: yeah, they look more like kind of the sea, like more kind of like lagoony. (laughs)
1: Lagoony. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, come down to the beach, Richard. We've made a hole for you. Um, but
0: also, they uh, before that, he runs into the bathroom. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, him, yeah. And they're there behind him. Yeah, zombies couldn't do either. Yeah, um, like to And that is actually quite a genuine scare. Oh. At least I thought it was. Yeah, usually, yeah, a
1: huge, little, huge little meep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it
0: was one of two meeps. <laughs>
1: Um, so then, uh, cut to, uh, Richard at the beach buried, uh, to his neck. And he's like, I can hold my breath for a long time. Uh, and that's the end of that one. Oh. Uh, next yeah. up.
0: And the jury's out as to whether or not he could.
1: Yeah, probably not. Yeah, no, probably dead. I think it's all well, I couldn't I missed it maybe this time but I thought that there was a bit where he says that if you hold your breath long enough, you, um, loosen you can yourself loosen yourself out, out the, the sun and push yourself out. Um which I think was a lie. But anyway. Uh, no, I'm sure
0: you could, because you? if the sand I mean, if was... the water's
1: coming in, like, in, like, a tidy way, if you were just suddenly in the sand underwater water, you probably could. But
0: you wouldn't need to hold your breath for the first part. you just need to, like, cover your face when yeah. it was just splashing, but once it started to, like,
1: rise, um, if you could hold your breath, you would be f- This is a fun project. We'll try this. I'll bury you in the, in the sand and just see what and happens. Well,
0: <laughs> how about I bury you in no, the
1: sand? No, 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 I insist. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so i'll bury you in the sand um the, the next uh, yay i'm <laughs> we'll all learning a lesson <laughs> um so next up in the, the the horror schedule um is uh the crate um next
0: up in the cockroach um, catalogue next next <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Um So um so it starts with a uh, coin rolling under a grate and a janitor saying Fuck a diddle um, which is weird. Oh fuck! <laughs> he's actually a leprechaun. Uh, no, he's not. Um, So, so then he, this uh, janitor, like uh, pries open oh leprechaun, prize open the um, the grate, and finds a box underneath it, which has like an old date on it. And actually, this, I noticed it says the name Julia Carpenter on it. And because I was wondering whether and because it's from the crates from Antarctica, I wondered actually whether that was a reference to the thing, um, which is obviously the monster, the monster that mm. comes from. But anyway, maybe not, um, because I don't know why it would be Julia rather than John, but whatever. Um, maybe that would be a bit too on Yeah. Um, but anyway, cut to um, a, a faculty party uh, for the college. Do they call it universities colleges in yeah. America? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's all very fancy, and lots of posh people, and lots of drinking. And then there's a um, uh, Billy, who is the wife of Harry, um, and she's this loud, obnoxious woman. Is yeah. Billy Wilhelmina? Yeah, yeah. It's like short. Billy's short yeah, for okay. Wilhelmina, I guess. Um, and um, and she's just being like a really loud, obnoxious, amazing woman. Um, uh, like, yeah. She's uh, yeah
0: she's and all the, of the other uh, people at the party are like kind of like. Uh, um shaken by her uncouthness. Yeah,
1: and they were like whispering like, who oh, always invites her and things <laughs> like that. And she's just like, shut up, get me a drink. <laughs> um yeah, she's like an amazing young nonsense merchant. Um anyway, so um so she's being a pest around the party. Um meanwhile um Harry and Dexter are the professor of men um have a quick chat Another about Harry How is it? Or well, maybe I got that wrong. No, it's Harry. Oh no, Henry.
0: Henry, you're right. God, uh,
1: oh God. Oh <laughs> um, So Henry um, and uh, Dexter um, are having a quick chat about how they're going to be playing chess that night and riveting chat. Um, and Dexter's like, "Oh, I might have a day actually," um, but then he's like, "Oh no, I'll come. I'll we'll have lovely chess." Um, and so camaraderie. It's just so. Humor. Oh. <laughs> um, and, um, and then like Dexter gets called away from uh, to a call from what turns out to be the janitor calling him about the crate that he's found. And he's like, it says 1834. Um, he has another voice now. He's a posh woman, apparently. <laughs> um, and um, and uh, he, then it piques his interest. And he's like, I think you've found something. I'm coming on down. And he's a southern belle now. Um, so um, so he leaves the party and leaves um, Henry uh, with Billy. And Billy's just uh, going around being a pest and everyone's being annoyed. And um, at this point, um, Henry imagines shooting her in the head and everyone at the party applauding. <laughs> um Uh, so yeah so there's also another bit like where he imagines like strangling her with a tie when she's being annoying Um, so obviously he doesn't really care for her that much
0: I know there's not much room in this film for deep delves into a backstory, but I wonder if they were ever happy together.
1: I know. And also, like, why didn't they just divorce if uh, they were that miserable rather than resorting to elaborate murder?
0: Yeah, I wonder if the, uh, if the implication was that she was a bit of a money grabber.
1: Uh, she did look a bit younger than him. Well, she's better looking than him, but I don't know. Oh, yes. Um, anyway, so back at the college, um, the Dexter and the janitor... Um, move the crate out from under the, under the thing, um, onto the table. Um, and the Jester says, something shifted, like it moved on its own. Um, and, um, he's like, well, there can't be anything alive in there, that's ridiculous. Um, and then he, they prize open the, the, the crate, and um the, and this funny little squeaky cute noises come out, like a little like animal that sounds adorable. Um and then I just, like puts like looks in the crate and sees like these little like some he says something shiny in there. So cute or something <laughs> and then his arm in it, like ridiculous. Uh immediately get it gets uh very chewed. Um by very chewed, very chewed by a monster, um which we don 't see just yet, actually. which must
0: be hungry after hundred
1: and fifty years starving. starvation starving starvation's central mm. um and um so then like we then see like the the professor is like reeled back in horror on the floor, and the Jaus is like on the floor with his arm in the box and um above him, and the box opens, and you see this kind of giant. I don't know, like, kind of like yeti, like, gorilla, like, kind of monstrous fairy thing with a scary face. Yeah, it's
0: like a yeti, but it's kind of dark.
1: Yeah, with big sharp sharp teeth. Sharp teeth. Oh, very sharp teeth. The sharpest. (laughs) Um, And it grabs uh, the janitor and brings him into the box. Um, So, Dexter is uh, hysterical. Um, and he actually plays historical quite a lot, <laughs> but he runs up to the upstairs from the lab and finds another guy who's just walking along. He's a sort of younger guy with glasses, and he's like the <laughs> janitor, um, and um, and then like um, he's like what 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 happened, um, and. Um, and um, the guy's like, really like, uh huh. You sound a bit crazy. Um, I don't think that happened. Um, also, because
0: he's got little splatters of blood on him, it's, it's as if he thinks that maybe he's just off him.
1: Yeah, but also, no, at that point he seems a bit more silly because he's like, he, I'm running down there have a look. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and so he sort of sees all the blood. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, ah, yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. a murder, haven't you? you just pretending it's a monster in the box. Um. But then he, like, he convinces him to have a look. And, like, yeah, it's obviously the, the, the monster has moved itself back under the, the grate, under the stairs. Um, and he says, it must be because it felt safe there, as if he knew. Um, but, um, as if
0: the, the uh, ape was able to see whereabouts in the room as Crate was positioned. Yeah. To was <laughs> um,
1: so then he goes, the, the young guy goes under there and sees the chewed-up uh, shoe And it's like, oh, I want to take uh, that shoe as a sample and uh, see how big the bite marks Mm. are. It's like, oh, you moron. Also, Um,
0: as a scientist, I I think if you had the actual creature in a crate, your instinct wouldn't be like, I'll test the shoe. (laughs) Yeah. Don't need to see how big the bike monster is because you've got the team exactly.
1: inside of this beast in the monster. <laughs> stupid moron. Yeah. Um, so then he gets killed because he's a stupid moron by the monster who <laughs> um, does some very like gruesome uh, slashing. Actually, yeah, like his like throat gets all like squished open and then, and he, then he, he smushes his smushes face, face all and buns his fingers down his like face and makes little scratches. Pretty cool. Yeah um That's a good way to go yeah um Dexter at this point is even more hysterical if mm. possible and uh cut immediately uh to Henry's house um where he turns up and he's like <laughs> <laughs> um and he eventually calms him down and hears the story about the monster just very homoerotic. apparently homoerotic. <laughs> yes um and um and he's like, <laughs> um and he gives him more drink and more drink and more. he's like downing like whiskey. Like I if I down that much whiskey I'd be dead. Um but anyway, um he then like like uh, he goes like okay, um I've got an idea. Um I am going to give you some drugs and drug you. Uh, <laughs> he didn't say that out loud. Um no, uh, he obviously then realizes that actually this might be a good way of getting rid of Billy. Um, is to feed it to this monster. So, uh, drugs uh, the professor, who then passes out. He leaves a note for Billy, um, saying that something awful has happened at the university, um, and or college, um, and that she must come immediately and help this young girl that um, Dexter has uh, molested or done something terrible to. Um. And... Yeah, I,
0: d- I don't like how much she loves this story. She's yeah. just like, ha, ha, Oh, what's he got himself into now? And then there's a bit where she's see he's reading the, his like voiceover of what he's written in the letter. Yeah. And he says um, something like, uh, he, "He was so he he's so heartbroken, or he's he's like it's such a mess after what he's done to her. And she's just like, "Oh, poor Dexter." And it's like. Well, no, no. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and she's like gleeful. She's like, and she mixes up some weird, like, milk cocktail yeah. um, with booze in it. Milk and booze. Oh. Delicious. Um, I don't know. You'd think it would curdle. Anyway. It be um disgusting. Yeah. Um, which she then drives with to the university. Meanwhile, um, he's cleaning everything up like there's no, no giant bloody murder that's happened. And it's very lucky timing that she arrives just as he's finished mopping all the blood just, up. Just, he squeezes the last bit of blood from the mop. Yes. Um, so then, um, so, yes. Yeah. So then she is like, where are you? Um, and uh, he beckons her down. Um, and what happens? Yes. So they bicker. Oh, yeah. Then he's like, and then but he's like, She's under the stairs and like she pulls out some broken glasses that he looked from one of the victims from his pocket and she's, oh, she's like gleefully like Oh my god, what has he done to her? She's she, like she, she, she is a bit of a drama. villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and, um, and so then, um, she, he's like laughing, which is a bit of a giveaway about what he's meant to be doing. <laughs> it's just like, tee hee hee, you better go like what's under there. Um, and she's like, why are you laughing? Um, and then he like drags her under there and like bangs her against the box a few times to try and wake up the monster. Uh, and sadly it doesn't. Uh, and so she's just like, what was all that? And this is, is this hilarious. like, what was it? That was great, Henry. Same old Henry. Sheep eyes, chicken guts, piggy friends. (laughs) No good at all in bed. I'm going to well your balls for earrings. Um, And various other mean things, which are all quite hilarious. Piggy friends. (laughs) Sheep's eyes as well. I don't know why that's a bad thing. Um, Anyway, so then um, while she's slagging them off, the, the beast comes out. Grabs her from behind.
0: Like, Am
1: I one of these piggy friends? Am I a piggy friend? Um, but hilariously, the first shot—it looks like they're like he's the monsters hugging her, like they're posing for a photo. But <laughs> like she's like, ah, <laughs> <Jeez>. yeah. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, she gets trapped into the box, eaten. Um, he then uh, locks the the monster back in the crate um, and drives it to the quarry. And throws it in. Aww. Um and um he goes back and finds uh um what's his face? Dexter, who's now awake. And uh he basically explains what he's done and he's like, yeah, know why he tells her. Like there's no need for him to tell her about like killing Billy really, but I guess might as well. Um seeing as they're so homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> um and they just agree to like cover up the murders for each other, it? well, it's not murders. Is it? well, no, his was a murder. Not that the rest weren't. Um, anyway, um, and, and they end up playing chess. And they play chess.
0: Um, oh, and but then we see the crate.
1: Oh yeah, kind of looking like it explodes or like it escapes, and yeah, we see yeah. its, its eyes in the water. Yes. Oh. Uh, cut to uh, the the final uh, of the piece. So,
0: can I make a controversial statement here? Yes, please. That I think, aside from some fairly good effects, I wouldn't have hated it if this last one was cut.
1: Well, I also feel that way. Mm. Very much so, in fact. Mm. Um, but anyway, I'll go through what happens. <laughs> um, so it's called They're Creeping Up On You. Um, uh, I'll, I'll whiz through this one, because there's not really much story to it, Um what, it's the shortest one as well, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the backstory about the cockroaches and having no sourcing them for the film is way more interesting than the actual story yeah. itself. <laughs> um, so you get into this kind of like, uh, you're, you're in this sort of sterile white apartment um, with this man called Upton Pratt. Um, Upton and Pratt. Upton Pratt. He's living in a yes. sterile <laughs> flat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, wonder, well, uh, I to that. Anyway, so he looks like a nutty professor, essentially, um, and, and
0: also the room is kind of like the electronics in the room are kind of like you know when you see things from like the kind of the 70s of what the future will be. yeah like it's, it's very, very like
1: star trek um, nonsense yeah. um and um and he finds a cockroach and he's like goddamn bugs um and he's like i own this building and uh, there's not gonna be any bugs here heads are gonna roll um and he gets a call from someone who works for him saying something about some stock that they bought and how it's They now own the majority or something. Um, and then he tells them that the, the guy, one of the guys, um, who was the something important of the company, can't remember. Um and same, I written down normal. Um, I think it was Norman, maybe. Um, Easton Meyer or something. Um, so he shot himself as a result of the stock change, and he's like, "Well, good, I don't have to put him on the board anymore." Um, and uh, yeah, he's a bit of a counterbalancer, basically. Oh. Um, so then he's still fussing about um the cockroaches and keeps wanging on about it to so the guy that he manages. He's like not interested. Um, well nobody's interested except him. <laughs> and um, he's talking about the superintendent of the buildings away. On holiday with his family. And how it's unacceptable. And he has to speak to this other guy. Um, and um, and then uh, he finally gets in touch with uh, White. This is his name. Um Who's the supervisor covering the building? Um, and uh, he tells him that he's going to get some, uh, the something like Peleli Brothers or Pelly Brothers or something. Exterminators uh, in to get the cockroaches. Um, in the meantime, he gets a call from the wife of the husband who'd killed himself. So, what did you
0: say his surname was? Uh,
1: I think it's Gaston or something. I, just,
0: I don't understand how we got such different names because I wrote down Cat and Gemma.
1: Uh no idea. It's, I was writing very quickly.
0: Um Mrs.
1: Katzenjamber is here right I'm sure of well, I mean Gaston Meyer doesn't sound much better. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Miss Mrs. Blib Blib <laughs> Um rings and she's like bloop, bloop. she's like, You're a monster. Um I hope you die. Cancer in the worst place, leprosy. And then he hangs up. Uh, well, they have a little chat where he's taking the piss out of it for a bit, and then hangs up. Um, in the meantime, the the place is filling more and more with cockroaches, literally appearing everywhere. And he's eating this weird black, like brown slurry that he's made in a blender, yeah, like a
0: weird sort of paste. And
1: it's I think it's made from cereal and something, um, maybe prunes. It's all disgusting, anyway. Um... And he realizes there's little bits of cockroaches in it, and he like pulls out the box, and there's like loads of cockroaches. Um, uh, White at this point comes to the door. Also, uh, should point out that White is, uh, a, a play, is an actor who's also in the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. Um, as one of the, you know, the, the supervisor guys, uh, also the news presenter at the very beginning of, um, it? yeah. It's oh, wow. very weird. It makes me think that maybe Romero only knows a few black actors. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um anyway, so um so then he makes a like horrible throwaway comment about like People of color do well in service industry professions. Um, And um, yeah, it's actually like at this point, because he's took, like, the guy's taking the piss a little bit, the way he's talking to him. And and it sort of implied, uh, one of the reviews I read was saying that it's like a kind of like modern day minstrel type sort of behaviour. like, yeah, and the way that he's talking. And I think it's, yeah, it's it's interesting anyway. Wait,
0: who's. uh, day Minstrel in what sense?
1: and I don't want to do an impression of the way he speaks but um Movie janitor yeah 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 um but it's 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 basically that kind of yeah it is anyway um uh so um I, 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 to be honest
0: i zoned out of this story a little bit yeah so I find it quite boring. <laughs> to
1: well i mean that yeah is missing the racism isn't a bad thing well, no. um uh so then he's looking out the window. Anyway, so then he's like, yeah, I'll get the people. So looking out the window, all the, um, electricity in the city goes down. Um, and at this point, the cockroaches just go wild and there's like trillions of them everywhere. Um, he goes into the special room. To try and escape them. I think it's his bedroom actually, but has a special like airlock looking thing on it. Um, and he's like, You're not gonna get me in here. Um and uh then at this point he gets another call. Th- I, th- I think he thinks it's gonna be from the janitor, but it's the wife again. Mrs. Cutz and mm-hmm. Oh Flash and Flabum. <laughs> <Mrs. laughs> Cake and Cheddar. <laughs> um and um and it's the wife going, I hope you die, I hope you die. Um and um and then it like, the lights will come back on and all the cockroaches seem to have disappeared. Um, cut to Upton girl, um, <laughs> uh, on the floor dead by the looks of things. Um, but all of a sudden all the cockroaches start pouring out of like his mouth and his chest and they're just like everywhere. Yeah, um, that's cool, yeah. And the bell rings and, um, it's white again. He's like, what's the matter, Mr. Pratt? Bugs got your tongue. Um and that's the end of uh, that. Um flashback to uh Billy in his room. Well uh, no, actually down to the kitchen with the mum and dad. Um and uh the dad's uh just like uh, having his breakfast, being all smug, and he's like, "I didn't sleep very well. Man. My neck's hurting." Um, and then <laughs> that's exactly how he sounds. Um, and um, and then he's just like, and he's like, "Ouchie!" And then he starts like going, Ugh! "Um," and you cut up to the bedroom. Oh,
0: because the two bin men outside. Oh yeah. yeah. The uh comic and one of them was just like, oh look you can get a voodoo doll and uh, someone was like, oh but someone's already sent point. away from it so the like little coupon had been cut out. Yes, that's a good
1: point. Um, And it was Billy all along and he mm-hmm. cut up to the bedroom and he's stabbing the shit out of Daddy's voodoo doll. Yeah. Um And then he has this weird demonic voice on it and he's like, ready for another shot, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the move So I
0: wonder so it was based on comic books that tended to be like moral tales. Yes. Are these moral tales?
1: Um... Was people getting their comeuppance from doing Not all bad things?
0: Geordie Pebble didn't do anything bad.
1: No, that's true. Um, well, I guess maybe if you were being like really mean, you could say that he was like re- he had like greed in his heart from like two hundred
0: dollars oh, to cover no, debt. I, know, I mean, yeah. And also, in Father's Day, the woman didn't do anything to get her head.
1: well. She murdered her dad. <laughs> it, but it wasn't her head,
0: was it?
1: What? It's in the cake. Oh no! But they talk about how um, Aunt Bedelia. Um, The murder benefits all of them, all the family, because it meant that the inheritance was released and that's how they ended up being so wealthy.
0: Hmm. Um, And in the crate, he doesn't get his comeuppance.
1: No, but I guess Billy is meant to be the the, the villain, which she, she isn't deserve to be killed. I know, she's the dick, but she's in just... the
0: cockroaches one, yes, fine, you guess it's come up. And yeah, yeah. so does the guy in the the, the, uh, the water, the water one. one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure about the moral tales.
1: I mean, yeah, it's it's loose. It's like it's like, um yeah, I, don't... I think I think the least the least fair is uh Geordie Verrill's his death is yeah. sad that one used to just make Full
0: me
1: Georgina Pebbles Georgina Pebbles <laughs> that one used to make me just really uncomfortable and sad when I used to watch it like when I was yeah. younger I was like no oh, that's not very nice is no. um, um the
0: and how do you think the the kind of anthology format works
1: in a film like this like... no joke. joking <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I mean like do you think it works well
1: um, I actually really love it and I was thinking that it's sad that there aren't more anthology films like this um,
0: but I think there are more historically yeah so, um, because the I learned about this format from watching a lot of the League of Gentlemen because they when they do like Halloween episodes or standalone episodes they tend to have three stories that are very loosely interlinked right and it kind of goes back to the idea of like telling ghost stories around the fire mm. and like a sort of Anthologizing a series of tales that are not necessarily related or have like a similar thread going through them, and the the name of the, of a threesome of films I think is a portmanteau, right? Yes, um, and that's the League of Gentlemen always use that, and apparently it's I, I'm not sure which films, but apparently that's very much what the kind of format of old kind of ghost stories used to be. Oh, I've just um, literally
1: never actually come across another film. I mean, there are the only ones I know about actually the the Creep Show. One's, but I mean, there has to be other ones. Um, but yeah, I didn't even want to mention the the the, the Creepshow sequels. Um, but yeah, the, um,
0: um, because I just wonder, like, I love it, but I feel like if I see it, if I saw it on, I I, I don't know, I I don't know how I'd respond if I saw it at the time in a cinema. Yeah,
1: because
0: I, like for example, I don't really like shorts when we like. I I don't mind them, but like. I don't love them. I'd rather see a feature-length film.
1: I like them because it means that if they're... You, you know, you're not committing to an entire, like, film of one thing. If you don't like one of them, you can like like the next one more, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's what I like about Shores,
0: actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love Creepshow, but I like... Um, I like a, a meatier plot
1: yeah whereas I really like how kind of camp and kind of like throwaway and comic book-y it is like I really just like oh. kind of like the kind of like you know um, quick cash in on the horror oh. essentially um yeah because I don't think I, well, I wonder no I was just trying to think if any of them could have been like strung out into a longer story I guess like Father's Day could have been no
0: I feel like well maybe but I feel like the crate one is probably the one that could have been yeah the most uh, feature length
1: yeah um um, but yeah, no, I, 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 like it. Um, it's funny because, um, Romero's, uh, had the idea that this was going to be like, it's weird because they they say that it wasn't a big success despite being twenty million. I guess I don't really have a concept of like. Um, well, Dawn of the Dead made sixty million. Right, so um, not a success. Um, uh, but his hope was that they would like continue. Him and Stephen King would continue to make creep shows together, um, oh. and his like plan was to get up to like seven, essentially, um, and to continue the format. He thought it worked really well, like yeah. to have this kind of like little like. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Um, Obviously the next one, I don't, yeah, I don't know how much involved, there was a little bit of involvement from both of them, but not very much. Which story, um,
0: so there's the, in the second one, there's ugh, the, I did want
1: to talk about the, the second
0: one, <laughs> but I did, did Just remind me, the, I, oil, uh, the oil slick thing. Uh, uh,
1: the, the problematic Native, the Native American one. Um, I don't remember, like, I've only watched it once and I hated it, so. <laughs> um, But yeah, um... The, yeah, no, I, I like, I like, I mean, the, yeah, like you were saying, I, I, I've always like, cause I basically, this, uh, just to be clear, listener, and um, this is like one of my favorite films of all time. Um, and, um, I, but I've always hated the, the, the last one, the Creeps Up On You one. I just, I, like, it was just my least favorite. Like, I'd usually stop the film at that point and just like not watch that one. Um, but I would watch the rest of it over and over and over. I loved it. Um, yeah, like, I think, I think, weirdly, it does, without, it wouldn't have, it's sad, they basically had to, bu- they had to beg for extra budget to make that one. Um, and it's sort of sad that it was what it was, <laughs> because it's just not very yeah. good. Well,
0: the budget was because of the cockroaches, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, very spenny. Um, are we going to try and say which ones are our favourite in order, or are we saving that for the awards section?
0: Let's do it after we've given the awards. Okay.
1: So let's talk a little bit about her representation. I wonder if before we do, we should oh. say that
0: we've consulted the fact checkers. Oh yes. And it turns out that Mrs. Kastenjeva <laughs> actually called Mrs. C- Ca Yeah, Yes. Um Lenora Kastenmeyer and she was played by Anne Muffly.
1: Muffly. She sounds muffly. Absolutely muffly. (laughs) Um, So she is a woman. She's in the film. (laughs) Um, So um, I don't think it's pretty. I think it's very good in terms of women. Um, There's no women who talk to each other, (laughs) rather. Um, well, maybe in the first one. In, your Father's uh, Day. I think that one's sort of the campiest, gayest sort of like, um, one. It's funny actually with that one, because, um, when I've listened to like, uh, other podcasts of like straight men reviewing it, they say that's their least favorite of all of them. And I think it's just cause it's so gay and like, so kind of like women. You
0: know. I, I, yeah. And I think there's like, uh, there's a very like kind of camp sensibility of that in that one. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it's all camp, more so. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, the women, the, the, the older woman, which, what's her name again? We just looked it up. Sylvia, Sylvia Grantham and Cass, they do have a chat. Um, but, um, so that, I mean, but that's it. So it does pass the Bechdel test, I suppose. Um but it's um it's it's not good for women. There's lots of just them um, being yeah. victims. And I think
0: maybe uh What's What's her name? Wilma, Wilma um is not a good I mean she's a great character, but she She's kind of made out to be the villain, almost? Yeah. Right? She, she's just a she's bit just of a like, just
1: cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's like, it's not fair that because she's a bit loud, she's killed. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, like, she doesn't fit in with the kind of serious professional academics.
1: Yeah, she's sort um, of, yeah, she's, she's, she's actually kind of cool, but she gets killed because she's seen as too annoying. Yeah.
0: And um, also, I guess, in the, in the crate, um, the woman is, like, barely present, like, she's, it doesn't follow her peril, even though she is also yeah, going through the same thing as the man is. It follows his his version of it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's much, well, yeah, there's no, it's not good. All the women are kind of damaged or like, yeah, just kind of annoying oh, um, yeah. or rich and entitled. But actually all the men are kind of assholes as well, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, I think it's more sympathetic to some of the male characters, though. Yeah, um,
1: that's true. Like,
0: yeah. uh, uh, I, God, I can't remember his name. The um, Ted Danson's character yeah. is fairly sympathetic. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Hank is pretty sympathetic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah
1: yeah it's generally everyone's i suppose yeah it's, everyone's meant to be kind of awful that's the whole point of the film i suppose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of people of color there's only one um and he's a janitor and like i said he does some kind of like i don't know like he's subject to some racism um, it's, it's also
0: kind of remarked upon the the fact that he's just a, yeah. just in a vertical as a janitor yeah um,
1: um But, yeah, um, so that's not good either. No.
0: No. In terms of queer representation... Uh, um, (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, I think... I, I don't know whether Richard is I mean he's so gay but I I'm also like wondering whether he was meant to be or whether it was just meant to be like posh and foppish. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean I do think the thing where sometimes you just think is is he posh or is he gay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, he's quite bitchy in a kind of like gay way, yeah. but um, and I just kind of always read him as gay, but then just thinking about it in terms of just like there's no evidence that he actually is gay. Yeah, or but straight. there's also
0: no evidence that he isn't. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah, um, and also then there's the homoerotic older mm, man, <laughs> non-existent. Yeah,
1: with yeah, um, <laughs> like yeah, the, the assistant director sort of said, "Oh yes, definitely homoerotic." So what where, yeah. who, how, what?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I guess if you if you want to like really hyper read into it. There's one of them has recently lost his wife, yeah, and the other one offs his wife so that they can spend time together. Playing chess. playing chess, Yeah, that's, so that's what. As far as I'm aware, that's what gays do. That's
1: what. That's the gay lifestyle, the gay agenda. Yeah,
0: playing <laughs> chess. <laughs> <And> forbidden
1: secrets. <laughs> um. There's no disability representation. Uh, here. No. Is not. No, it's it's not it's not it's not a good one for representation it's this not. time round.
0: I, I feel like maybe we're learning that maybe films in the eighties weren't great for representation. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> um, yes. Um,
0: Shall we go on to cheerio matters?
1: Yes, above La 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 la. That was quite sensual. Oh my well god, I'm gawking. <laughs> I was going to say I'm gawking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, who was who your favourite character?
0: Uh, Mrs. <laughs> 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 uh My favourite character was Bob Backlund. Oh,
1: lovely. The wrestler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't remember that person. <laughs> followed by uh, the stag head covered in moss.
1: Oh, yeah, he was very um, cute.
0: Uh, yeah, who's your favourite?
1: Uh, mine's more obvious. It was the little evil boy, Billy. He's just a little cutie and I love his demonic uh, yeah. voice.
0: He's also a very really talented writer now. Is he? Yeah. So both of Stephen King's sons write horror.
1: Oh. Um, one of them
0: who, who's kept the king's surname, I can't remember his first name,
1: King, 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 uh, Kingsley King.
0: Um, he tends to write with Stephen King, oh. and Joe Hill writes separately. And Joe Hill is the one that didn't need to hang on to the name and doesn't write with it because he's good enough on his own. Fair. So he, wrote, I've been reading recently Nosferatu that he wrote, oh. which is spelled N O S. four. oh, it's R2. been made into a
1: TV series. Yes, it has. yeah. Oh, I've watched them.
0: The and the, the book is very very good. It's very Stephen King, mm. but it's you know he's it's he's good in his own right. Yeah, um, and
1: also little cutie, little cute cutie. Yeah. Um. So, what was your spookiest moment? Uh, we've
0: done this in a different order to usual. Uh, no, um, it's normally funniest bit first. Okay, we do funniest <laughs> if you like. Um, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I have two funniest bits. Uh, the first one was in uh, the sad tale of um, Jamie... Uh, Geordie Barrel. Um, Hebel. <laughs> Geordie Barrel, which is when uh, he has the kind of imagined scene of the Doctor who just brings us past <laughs> on his <laughs> desk chair. That is really uh, good. That <laughs> I also consider it as my least favourite uh, of the things which is the cockroach one yeah um I really like the line where Mrs. Kastenbeier rang up and was just like uh, I'm gonna rejoice when you die and he says oh lots of people will rejoice when I die who are you <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is good what was your funny bit um mine was just generally uh Billy slash Wilma being a hilarious bitch and yeah. saying that he had sheep eyes <laughs> um piggy friends, piggy friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, now Finally, finally, finally uh, Spoopiest So
0: I actually got two fr- Frights two where spoops. I actually did a jump And went whoop, whoop. Um, The first one Was in Father's Day Where the hand pops out of the grave The most cliche one, but I did get a fright and the other one was when all of a sudden the seaside creatures are in the bathroom after Seaside creatures. Seaside creatures. <laughs> seaside creatures. <laughs> I, I don't know why seaside, seaside creatures. Seaside <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, The starfish are here. <laughs> oh, no,
1: baby turtles. <laughs> <or something. laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they came from the side. sea life center <laughs> 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 if you have made side system, yeah. you know, okay. <laughs> what do you think would uh, well I didn't call them seaside creatures I called them sea zombies um, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I thought that they were scary um, I always found them scary from when I was little just the bit where they're like being shot and they're mm-hmm. just like nothing's happening and that kind of black also, blood's like, coming out they're the as well yeah, cool. yeah they're, they're scary um, so what was your best death
0: well, I thought there were lots of deaths that were good. Um, Great. I think maybe my favourite one was the second guy who got killed by the Yeti ape thing, uh, where he had his head like, oh, the walls. One of the effects. This really And like with the um, claws down his face. But I also really like the drowning. I think <laughs> the I should, drowning. The, um
1: of the sea creatures. Of uh, <laughs> the three sea creatures. Yeah. Like I mean, you
0: don't like see them drowning, but in terms of like a horrific death. That is pretty cool
1: and iconic. Yeah, I think actually the way that they die is kind of iconic and horrible. Like it's just yeah, them yeah, waiting to the tide slowly coming in. Yeah. That would be just so terrifying. You kind of really imagine it as well in a really horrifying way. Oh. Um my best was um, Sylvia Grantham when her head gets twisted off and then turned into a cake. Mm. A lovely cake.
0: <laughs> and
1: worse death. Worst death. Um well. I was going to say Cockroach Man but actually probably Hank his death's pretty stupid because he's watched by the grave. Yeah, because he's like lying in the fridge just watching the grave. He could have moved. Yeah, Yeah. just like being like and then he gets squished. So yeah, I'm going to say he's worst.
0: I'm going to say the cockroach killing just because I think I have a feeling he just dies of a heart attack. Yeah. Like the aftermath where the cockroaches all crawl out of him is brilliant. Yeah. And the, the only like really redeeming bit of that last one I think. Yeah. But Essentially, he just has a heart attack.
1: thing. Yeah, he just you don't you don't see. He's just like on the floor, looking dead. Um, so uh, que- queerest.
0: So for me, I've chosen the presence of Mrs Danvers.
1: Oh, as the queerist
0: because she is like um, so uh, not
1: Mrs Dalloway.
0: Mrs. Dalloway <laughs> that would also be pretty good. Yeah. Um, the um, so for those of you who don't know, Rebecca. I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but Rebecca is probably my favourite book and one of my favourite films I'm obsessed with Daphne du Maurier Daphne du Maurier was bisexual um, Mrs Danvers has very regularly been read as a coded queer character for how obsessed she was with Rebecca mm. um, so using her as a namesake I think is quite a queer choice
1: yeah and in the um, queerest of the sections I'd say as well she also has a great
0: line where she's just like I'm gonna glaze the hair
1: yeah it's actually funny as well because she's actually party to the killing she's there during the thing she knows what happens and Ink helps cover up. Um, But yes, um, my Aquarius is also from that segment, of course, is Richard, uh, the Faggist of the fag, fag, fags. (laughs) He truly is. And and so, finally, sexiest character.
0: So, uh, uh, this this for me is much like uh, Dawn of the Dead, where if we can excuse the hair, (laughs) then I will say that the sexiest character is Hank. Uh, oh, okay. I think he's got a lovely face. I love old um, face. Like see, so I looked it up. He was uh, I think 32 when he filmed this. There's no excuse for a 32-year-old to have a comb over. Yeah. Just shave your fucking
1: head. I think um, they were like fashionable maybe.
0: I think it was just like I wonder if it just like was kind of like uncouth to have a shaved head so um, you just grew your hair even if you had a bad hair you didn't have um, that. but I think it's inexcusable personally but saying that I would chuck him Myself, <laughs> well. um and also he's in The Hours which is another one of my uh, favourite films and books he mm. plays the uh, the kind of old gay man and he's beautiful in that um, absolutely yes. and also that film does heavily reference Mrs. Dalloway
1: oh yes <laughs> um my sexiest um is uh, Yes Ted Danson um, But specifically The bit where He's all wet And he's looking At the camera And he says like I'll get you Richard Do you know um, why That's
0: his sexiest bit though Why Because you can't see His stupid 80s hair I, uh... Because it's wet <laughs> it's, I think it's really Really difficult To, to look at like uh, Kind of dream boats From the like, 60s and, Sorry From the 70s And
1: 80s Specifically because it the is hair weird. is all so bad. Hair was so silly. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: well, well done to all of the winners.
1: Yes, congratulations uh, as always. Uh,
0: oh, we're going
1: to rank them. Oh, right? yes, shit. And then we need two pumpkins. Pumpkins and Rankin. Um, <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that my first favourite is oh. Father's Day, as I think I've made it quite mm-hmm. obvious. Um, then it gets a little bit trickier, actually. Um... Maybe something to tide you over next. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by the crate. Mm-hmm. Followed by Geordie Barrel, Mm-hmm. Followed by their creeping up on you, I think.
0: So, I think you will be shocked and saddened with my order. Oh, um, It's almost similar. It's almost similar it's to It's the
1: yours. same, but different. <laughs>
0: uh, I think tide you over is probably my favourite. Oh, really? Yes. Um... Followed by the crate.
1: Why don't you like Father's Day?
0: Then Father's Day is maybe third for me. What? I just don't think the. I prefer the story in the other two.
1: Fine. Um,
0: And then uh, Georgina Pebbles. (laughs) um, Lovely adventures. (laughs) And then the cockroach one is last. Yeah, fair. Um,
1: I'm shocked at you with Father's Day. Are you just being contrary?
0: No. Um, okay. You know I like a, a meaty story. A meaty uh, story. I don't think that's uh, as meaty as the crate or tidy over. I do think the crate could potentially be the best one if it was just a little bit tighter. Mm. I feel like it drags a bit considering it's very short. Uh, there are moments where it's got a bit of flab on it, as you would have said. Yeah,
1: there's no need for that. Um, that- other colleague that he randomly beckons down to die Like that bit's completely like, pointless essentially um,
0: yeah I mean I think it maybe does serve a purpose apart from the fact that it's one of the best deaths but oh, yeah. um, it's uh, it
1: is what was I going to say yeah it
0: shows that this creature's hunger is insatiable
1: oh yes um, there's a bottomless think, pit yeah fair um, so pump keys pump keys you have to go first and I'm going to be annoyed
0: Yeah I think you are um, I think I'd give it three pumpkins
1: You spiteful bitch <laughs> uh,
0: Maybe that is mean I do really love that I'll give it three and a half And it would potentially be a four If the cockroaches one wasn't on it So sure. I think it's a really flat way to end an otherwise really entertaining film.
1: Yeah, um, I see that. I
0: think it, um, I think in terms of it just being a really fun film, it's three and a half pumpkins for me.
1: Well, it still doesn't seem enough. Um, obviously, as I said, it's one of my absolute favourites. Um, I am uh, shying away from giving fives, So, and I also think the Cockroach one is terrible, so I am going to go 4.5 on this one. Sure. So there, there we are, there we have it.
0: Well, uh, great work, Creepshow. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to review Creepshow 2.
1: No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Poo in the bin. <laughs> it's time for the
0: spooky bin. <laughs> Um. So. Inspired by what I think is the strongest of the stories, sure, um, I decided to speak uh, to you today. Thank you. <laughs> about taphophobia.
1: Taphophobia? Taphophobia.
0: And you might say. What is that Who story? is she? Who is she? <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> and she is the fear of being buried alive. Oh, I don't like that. No. I don't
1: um, know who's not scared of that, to be fair, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> uh,
0: well, well, I, yeah, well, it's a great question. Um, and I'll tell you some examples why you should be scared of it. Great, uh, thank uh, you. I'll follow that shortly. Um, the uh, So being buried alive is also known, be, uh, is also known as premature burial. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The, uh, so, first story I'd like to share is about a woman called Octavia Smith Hatcher. Love
1: her already. Yeah, she's
0: she's a babe. Uh, so she lived in Kentucky. Um,
1: Did she like fried chicken?
0: She was obsessed. I knew it. Um, she was married to the colonel. Um, <laughs> she uh, so her newborn child Jacob died.
1: Not funny anymore, is no, it? No.
0: Who's laughing now? You um,
1: probably. <laughs> and he was fingerling.
0: <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> so he died in 19, no, in 1891 Sure um, And she was struck down with uh, severe depression um, As you very well might bit be sad about baby um, dead, yeah Yeah, she was bedridden um, And one day uh, her husband uh, found her in bed And she couldn't be roused
1: huh?
0: um, She was unarousable <laughs> um, uh, It was very hot weather at the time So she was buried very quickly As was the custom Stop her being stinky um, and in the coming weeks, uh, other people in the town would also uh, fall asleep, unable to be awoken. Huh? Um, but the difference with them is that a few days later, they would wake up, and it's believed that this was uh, a sleeping sickness that was being spread by tsetse flies. Oh, yeah. Um, I know which that. Are Af- Do you? Yeah. Well, I never heard of them before. They're African flies, apparently. Mm. Um and uh, the husband obviously thought, oh God, maybe I've completely misdiagnosed her death here, um, and uh, had her coffin exhumed, and when it was opened, Octavia's nails were all bloodied and broken, uh, the inside of the coffin was all scratched, and her face was fixed in a sort of contorted scream of fear. But
1: she was otherwise fine. Um, but
0: otherwise still alive. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> so, um, I'm just grateful to be, to, to be up and about again. <laughs> Um, I, I'm thinking here's me thinking my son dying would be the
1: worst thing that's going to happen to me uh, this year um, what a laugh really look back in, on
0: this I'm <laughs> really a good put, old chuckle really put things in perspective for um, so she was dead Yeah. Um, and she was uh, reburied uh, and a statue of her was erected above her gravestone uh, which is still there today
1: with her horrified face and yeah. her broken nails though
0: uh, so, another story is, uh, is from uh, Johannesburg in South Africa, mm. and it's from 1993. So, there's a 24-year-old uh, called Sifo William Sipho Sifo. Um, and his uh, fiance were in a car accident. Um, Sifo was pronounced dead on the scene, and was placed in a metal box in a morgue, ready for burial. Um, and workers heard screams... Um from his uh box. coffin. His uh was a box it was his a box. screaming box. His yeah. scream box. Um, and uh this workers in the morgue got him out hmm. and he was alive and hmm. saved. Um unfortunately things didn't turn out well for him because his wife would not accept him back uh because she believed him to be a zombie. Ah!
1: Um so, what, well, the end? The okay. End. okay. Yeah. But, he, but he did live. Uh, but, but it just his, had to his change. His didn't want to anymore. No, fair, uh, mouldy old boyfriend.
0: Yeah. Uh, however, I will end on a happier note. A happy um, burial note. Happy, okay, uh, great. A burial <laughs> note. So, in 1937, in France, um, there was a 19 year old boy called Angelo Hayes. Um, and he was riding around on a motorcycle and uh, came off it and went, uh, was thrown into a brick wall face first. Oh, gee. Um, he was buried three days later. And his father had very recently insured his life for uh, 200,000 francs. Um, and that was very shortly before he died. So the insurance company were suspicious.
1: Very suspicious. Uh, so
0: they ordered the exhumation of his body to confirm the cause of death. Um, when, uh, when they removed, when doctors removed the death shroud that was lying over him, uh, he was warm and his heart was still beating. Uh. Um, so he, uh, he had, he was in a coma, um, and his injuries were from, there was nothing suspicious about it, it was from the accident, but the suspicious thing was that they just buried him. Um, and, um. Uh, th- so these stories are less and less common more recently obviously because they have better ways of telling if someone's dead <laughs> um, but um, so he had extensive and intensive rehabilitation and some surgeries and he made a full recovery and uh, he has obviously he has no memory of being buried alive because he was in a coma oh gosh. Um but it has given him a fear of being buried alive, as it might. Yeah. Um, and he invented a coffin uh, that has uh, bells and whistles built into it. Oh. Uh, so that you can alert... I was going to ask about that. Um, you can alert people if you're still there. But I, I didn't look into this, but I'm pretty... So this was 1937. I'm pretty sure the idea of having a bell to ring dates way before that. Yeah. I
1: Maybe mean, this was
0: the first time it found its way to France or something. Um you ever been (laughs) virtualized. yeah i love it it's actually my hobby
1: um no i was gonna say that because there was a whole thing about for a while where people were buried um with a piece of string wrapped around their finger with a bell with a yeah it went up to a bell above ground i think that was
0: victorian time so that would have predated this
1: yeah um
0: there was another story about a guy who i think he was russian um i haven't made notes about this i'm just trying to remember but he um there was this thing, and it reminded me of a program that we both watched recently. Oh, and, so awesome. um, and there's this there's this idea that if you survive being buried underground, you're kind of invincible. Oh. So this man had himself buried alive overnight, and he had a little tube to um, oh, breathe Oh, right. In. And then uh, his friends came to dig him up the next day, and it had rained very heavily, <gasps> and the tube had become blocked, so uh. he had died. Um, but it reminded we watched a thing about a uh, a man who met a man from his past. Who's a sinner? You're talking the about. Sinner, yeah. <laughs> and then they they used to bury each other alive as like a test to kind of give them yeah, like adrenaline and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't like to be buried alive. I don't think. I wouldn't like
0: to be buried. Full stop.
1: Whatever. No. Or even just for fun. Not. Especially
0: <laughs> not for fun. No, I'd like to be cremated for fun. Oh yes, maybe just a little bit, <laughs> just a <to> leg. Like. <laughs> scatter my ashes just for fun.
1: <laughs> Something you'll never forget, is it really?
0: <laughs> if you're enjoying Bloody Marys, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends.